Hello and welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast. It's Thursday, September 17th. I'm Richard Woolley and today I'm going to be speaking to some of our financial analysts about French pipe manufacturer Valorec and Swiss vending machine group Selector. To find out more about Valorec, I caught up with senior analyst Noor Seher, who's been following the situation closely. Richard, low oil prices and volatile equity markets during the pandemic have left Valorec unable to complete its 800 million planned equity raise and 800 million conditional RCF refinancing. Given the failure of the equity raise, the group now needs a new restructuring plan to address its 1.7 billion of RCF maturities in February. In order to come up with a restructuring plan and to facilitate discussions with all stakeholders, the group wants to appoint a monitor ad hoc for which it is seeking consent from its lenders. Okay, could you maybe talk a little bit more about the procedure for those of us who aren't familiar with it? Amanda ad hoc is an out-of-court pre-bankruptcy French process. It is a so-called amicable process available to solvent companies facing financial difficulties. The process is mainly in the hands of the parties involved and the mandatory ad hoc, who is an officer appointed by the court to assist negotiations. The court only acts in a supervisory role and no solution reached during the process is binding. Any solution must be accepted by each individual creditor and there is no principle of cram down for non-consenting creditors. It should be noted that a manda is an informal process that can last forever. It usually gets converted into a conciliation, which can last up to five months and is required for an SFA, which is a pre-packed process designed to implement already agreed upon restructurings. So what does Valorec need from its bondholders at this stage? Appointment of a mandatory ad hoc is an event of default under Valorex bonds. The group is asking its bondholders to waive that specific event of default. The group needs a simple majority of the bondholders to achieve this. The deadline for bondholders to provide their consent is September 21st. This deadline has already been extended twice by Valorex. And do you expect the bondholders will give their consent? I think it is likely that bondholders will give their consent for the appointment of the mandatory ad hoc. If they don't, an alternative process would be a safeguard, which is a French version of Chapter 11. As I understand, under the safeguard process, the borrower is very much in charge of the proceedings and of proposing a new plan, taking away some of the negotiation power from the creditors. Moreover, a softguard process can take up to 6 to 18 months, during which there are no interest payments paid by the company, so bondholders may want to avoid that. In the worst-case softguard scenario, creditors face the possibility of their debt being termed out by over 10 years. And how long do you think the restructuring process would take in this case? Valoric has said it aims to complete its restructuring by February, which is in line with the 1.7 billion RCF maturity. However, the timeline could vary depending on which French restructuring process the group follows. I also spoke to director Ben Kovachka about Selector, which announced its own restructuring proposal last week. Ben, can we maybe start with a brief overview of the situation with Selector? Hi, Richard. So, Selecta's long-awaited restructuring proposal represented a relatively good deal for the senior secured note holders. Um, the 2024 notes were trading at around 40 cents before the announcement of the plan and they shot up to mid-50s afterwards. From a bondholder perspective, uh, the plan envisages 64 cents in face value recovery in first-line securities, 16 cents in second-line securities, and additional recovery through preference shares. 
The new debt will be subordinated to existing super senior debt, excluding the 50 million euro facility provided by KKR earlier in the year, which will be pushed down into preference shares. KKR will also provide additional 125 million euro funding in the form of preference shares, ultimately owning 42% of the preference shares in the new structure. Um, the maturities uh, will be pushed out into 2026. Uh, the general 200 million super senior debt capacity will be reduced to 175 million, and the existing 50 million KKR super senior liquidity facility is contemplated to be dropped down to preference share level, as mentioned previously. The amended super senior RCF will be in the amount of 150 million euro, preserving 25 million euro capacity to allow upsizing, and the maturity will also be in 2026. So this covers some of the main capital structure points. On the covenant side, the RCF will have a quarterly minimum liquidity at 20 million for the first three years, changing to a quarterly drawn super senior net leverage afterwards, set at 1.5x. A bridge would result in an event of default. On the bond side, um, the quarterly minimum liquidity covenant is at 25 million euros for the first three years with quarterly net leverage set uh, after three years at 35% to 45% EBITDA discount to the first lien, second lien respectively. Okay, right. And what do the projected financials look like then? So the group forecasts the OPCO leverage uh, to, to essentially fall down to 4.9x by 2024, of which 3.3x would be through first liens with additional 3x of preference shares on top. Um, the liquidity headroom, uh, as projected, um, will is, is set to grow from 95 million euros in 2021 to 153 million in 2024, given a minimum cash balance of 25 million euros. Um, so Selecta's short-term outlook assumes a slow recovery from August with more people returning to offices and semi-public locations. And uh, that said, though, a year-over-year -year shortfall of around 20% is expected in the fourth quarter, reflecting the new structural baseline for the business uh, given kind of the COVID pandemic and, uh, and, and the fallout of it. Um, so the group is planning to right-size um, to expected lower business levels in the future, and overall, adjusted EBITDA is essentially forecast at 20, 224 million euros in 24, uh, which compares to 247 million in 2019. And how are things looking in terms of timeline? The process to affect the transaction is an English law scheme of arrangement. The scheme will, be, uh, will enable the transaction in respect of the existing senior secured notes to be implemented once the company gets the necessary creditor consents. It needs the approval of 75% by value and a simple majority by number of those creditors voting. The transaction will involve a change of governing law of the indenture, the senior secured notes and the guarantees of the senior secured notes to the laws of England and Wales, and, a, and the accession of a co-issuer incorporated in the UK to the indenture and the senior secured notes. As of September 16th, more than 78% of Selecta's note holders have entered into the lockup agreement. As a result, the company has exceeded the required consent threshold to make amendments to the terms of the notes. Selecta issued a practice statement letter this week informing note holders that the convening scheme hearing will take place on October the 2nd. Lenders to the existing revolving credit facility have already provided unanimous consent to, amend, uh, to amendments required to facilitate the transaction. The scheme completion in, is envisaged by the end of October. As always, you can read more about each of these situations on our website, reorg.com. We'll be back in two weeks with another Reorg Europe podcast, but until then, stay safe and thank you very much for listening.